depending on uh, which sides wins, I think there's uh, some implications. But the fact that there is increased polarization is, I think, something that causes some instability and higher variation in the models that people, uh, you know, let's say smart money or investors are focused on. On this episode of Early Bird, Darren Dotson, founder and managing partner of Illumin Capital. Darren joins the podcast today to talk about which sectors will hold up if the market suffers midterm-induced turbulence, including how investors should see the markets right now. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Darren, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Well, Darren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're going to talk about the sectors in the stock market that might hold up if the market suffers some midterm-induced turbulence in about a month from now. Uh, but first, Darren, uh, what should the audience know about you? Uh, let's tell the audience a little bit about your background, if you could, in about 30 seconds. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about your background and what they should know about you. Sure. I, I grew up in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm a, a passionate person around issues of social and economic justice. My grandmother integrated the schools in Washington, and I always um, think about her uh, as she lived to 103 years old mm. and think about her pension fund uh, and the idea that her pension fund wasn't managed by people that look like her as an African-American woman in America. Uh, in fact, right now, about 1.3% of $69 trillion in capital is managed by women and people of color collectively. And that's part of what in different ways has led to my career in asset management. I started uh, after I finished Duke University at an organization focused on legal frameworks and um, working with a number of attorneys that passed laws in 18 states that protect low-income homeowners from predatory lending. Oh, wow. That's after really... that, I went to Stanford Business School uh, and had an opportunity to the day school started, work with a number of my classmates to go down to New Orleans where Hurricane Katrina hit pretty hard. Uh -huh. And as soon as I graduated, worked with a couple hundred entrepreneurs rebuilding their companies, got recruited to join the Calvert Funds where I managed a portfolio of 40 funds on five comp continents related uh -huh. to this area of impact investing. And then most recently started Illumin Capital with a mission to go out and continue doing impact investing. We can talk more about what that means and, and is and isn't, as well as work on this big problem of diversity within the financial management area of the economy. Well, I think it's a great mission what your company is doing right now, uh, Darren, and I'm excited to have you on this podcast. Podcast, it's actually. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, let's take a look at where we are, you know, 
Um, we're looking at the types of sectors that might hold up if the market suffers some midterm induced turbulence. Um, it hasn't been a pretty year for most investors, especially in the past few weeks. Um, the stock market seems to be in a bit of a tough time right now. Um, if there is some type of midterm induced turbulence, that could potentially continue, it looks like. Um, for, for your purposes, what do you define as midterm induced turbulence? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, in terms of midterm induced turbulence, the increased polarization before the midterm elections is one aspect. The increase in massive market volatility due to uh, the war in Ukraine also is a massive uh, driver of, of overall volatility. And then finally, as we look towards the Paris COP in every country and the commitment of $30 trillion by governments and 1,500 corporations committing to climate objectives that don't have a way to achieve them, I think is another massive element of volatility in the economy. So as I look to the themes that Illumin Capital invests into, uh, again, we're a private equity growth and seed stage fund of funds. So we're in the alternative space, but we still have a eye on these areas of transformative environmental technologies. We look deeply at health oriented uh, innovations and technologies. Mm -hmm. Finally, we look at financial or fintech solutions. And then we dig into ed tech and transformative ed tech solutions, all big major components of a, a broader economy. Yeah. And I, going back to your point, Darren, I, you know, you brought up the war in Europe uh, right now with the invasion of Ukraine. Obviously, that's had a tremendous impact on the economy, especially in most sectors. And I think, you, you know, you're bringing up another really good point here. Um, the midterms, the upcoming midterms could also have a, a tremendous impact on the market. Um, you know, the U.S. midterm elections were right around the corner, early November. Um, and right now, polling is all over the place in terms of, you know, which party might control the House of Representatives in Congress or the U.S. Senate, as well as governor seats across the country. Um, Darren, how would you sort of uh, take the temperature of in the in investors right now? Are most investors, given the state of polling where it, it, it could go either way, are most investors sort of waiting on the sidelines and kind of playing it safe right now before the results of the midterms come out, or, or are they seeing it differently? I love the question, Stephen, and I love uh, you know the other speakers on the show that often talk about the importance of distilling investments from emotions in their process of investing. Yeah. And I think this is a critical time to begin to do that. Let me explain. So at Illumin Capital, we go and seek to make investments. And then we require the funds that we invest in to, to go through 10 years of implicit bias reduction training. And we do that because oftentimes our biases in markets, particularly as it relates to women and people of color, led companies or funds uh, cause us to make decisions uh, not based on the best economic performance, but really succumbing to our bias. In fact, we conducted a study where we secretly tested 180 asset allocators alongside of four Stanford professors in the Spark Center at Stanford. And we found that systematically as mm -hmm. black fund managers outperform, they systematically pay, pay, face bias 
that penalize them for that outperformance. So I think one of the critical things to pay attention to at this cycle of the market, we know that bias increases with polarization. We know that it increases with volatility. We have to really, you know, kind of uh, keep to our druthers as we make strong economic analysis and begin to look at our own implicit biases. This paper was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences and um, was peer reviewed. But for the layperson, there's a book called Bias mm-hmm. uh, written by Jennifer Eberhardt that might be able to get at some of these really important issues in society and indeed in investing. Yeah. So, Darren, a great point you brought up there about the implicit bias um, in the investing world. But right now, kind of going back to the question that I had, do you think that right now investors are sort of waiting, given the fact that we don't know the results of this midterm election, given the fact that it could go either way? Do you think a lot of investors are just kind of waiting on the sidelines right now with capital or are they actually planning ahead, assuming some party might win the election? I think that, um, you know, for our investment strategy, which is the way that I kind of think about the world, um, it's wise to slow down um, at this at this point. And also, we know that um, the reasons to go fast are are sort of all around us and the reasons to um, invest with emotion are all around us. So really slowing down and deliberately working through investment analysis is sort of what I would call uh, our listeners to do. And it's not just me. I think Daniel Kahneman, Charlie Munger, many of the um, top investors in the world have uh, won the Nobel Prize in um, behavioral economics in this area. Uh And we often find that the best people in a particular field uh, you know, for example, statisticians within statistics will make common errors when they're rushing to judgment. So I would say that this is a time to be deliberate and focus and run through your uh, investment analysis, your intrinsic value kind of thought process as you're looking at different sectors and at a company unit level and, and really pay attention as you're trying to get the unit economics of companies right. Good point about that. I really, really like the analysis there, Darren. Um, but when we're looking at you know the state of things right now, especially with the bear market, uh, kind of going back again to my question, are investors like waiting for the results of the midterms or have they already sort of factored that into um, their investment strategies? What, what have you noticed so far at, at this current state of things? Yeah, I think that they're factoring it into their analysis. And depending on uh, which side wins, I think there's uh, some implications. But the fact that there is increased polarization is, I think, something that causes some instability and higher variation in the models that people, uh, you know, let's say smart money or investors are focused on. So I think that, um, you know, the, the, the reaction is, is sort of slowing. Uh, capital flows until there's certainty, but just the fact that increased polarization is happening requires a more deliberate process. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Darren about specific stock sectors to watch as the midterm election looms. But first, let me tell you where you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird. 
a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So Darren, today we're talking about the sectors that might hold up if the market suffers midterm-induced turbulence. Um, you know, there was some research from J.P. Morgan that came out. They found that since 1942, median equity market returns in the first three quarters of midterm elections year were negative 1%, 2%, and 5%, respectively. But in the fourth quarter, the returns jumped to 8%. It means Certainly that investors should certainly see how the impact of midterm elections traditionally uh, go about in the fourth quarter. With that being said, Darren, what are some of those sectors that you think might hold up if there is indeed any midterm-induced turbulence in the coming weeks ahead? Well, I think that one of the areas in which we invest, which is the area of transformative environmental technologies, for example, faces some tailwinds due to the multi-trillion dollar infrastructure bill that supports the growth of a number of different renewable technologies throughout the country and around the world. And as we look at the need for the world to respond to some of the climate imperatives and the commitments of multiple companies and governments around the world, that seems to be a resilient area, of course, within that, whether we're talking about car and EV technologies or whether we're talking about solar panels or other aspects of building a resilient, a climate resilient economy. Uh-huh. We have a, a, lot of, a lot of granularity within that, but certainly with a tailwind like that, there's important areas to look at and further analyze along these lines. So those are some of the sectors you're pretty uh, bullish on right now, it sounds like, as, as, as a, at Lumen Capital, right? That's right. And we continue to see massive amounts of um, capital go into the healthcare space mm. as the country continues and the world continues to rebound from COVID-19, although you know, the, we aren't quite out of the woods yet. I think some of the um, areas that we're excited about are decentralized clinical trial companies that have a a process of also reducing bias in clinical trial processes, making their innovations um, cut down the FDA approval uh, timeline. And not only that, but also making vaccines and other types of innovative healthcare technology that's accessible to all, all people in many different unique populations throughout the U.S., for example, the African-American community or Latinx community, Mm -hmm. both of which are experiencing massive growth. And by targeting these communities Mm -hmm. as these technologies are being um, decentralized, there's a lot of exciting innovation within that sector as well. I I, I can see your point there. It certainly seems like the innovation in that sector is something to watch. Um, As we approach the midterms, and if there is indeed turbulence ahead, um, I want to kind of put together some different scenarios, Darren. Um, Let's assume the Democrats win the House of Representatives. 
would you expect stocks in certain sectors, be it cannabis or uh, solar energy, to perform well? Or if you if the Republicans take control of the House of Representatives and Congress, would you see stocks in traditional energy, such as oil and gas, prevail? Would what about gun stocks? Should investors look at the stock market that way if a political party were to prevail this November at the, in the midterm elections? I don't think so. And perhaps it's because I'm from an economy that's based on the federal government in Washington, D.C. Um, the cyclical nature of uh, the government helps to stabilize the entire city of Washington, D.C., be it Democrat or Republican. So my personal view is that with 1,500 of the largest corporations in the world focused on a climate agenda. Really, we have to kind of face that sector and the rise of that sector as a a world and a country together in order to um, uh, drive some of the impact in these sectors. And of course, there's associated returns with solving some of the really hard problems of coastal erosion increased superstorms like the one headed for the east coast right now mm. superstorm yeah uh, I, you know in, in yeah, other I, in other areas of the world it seems like these storms are coming mm-hmm. at higher rate so so my sense is that whether one is democrat or republican if they uh the the largest companies in the world are kind of focused on this problem which will help to create stabilized innovation in the environmental uh, transformative technology sector over time. Interesting. So you're, it's almost like it doesn't matter which party to may take control in November. You're, you're still kind of focused on these um, concepts in your investing strategy long term, that sounds like, right? Yeah. And, and, and to choose another sector, education technology, mm-hmm. uh, we, we know that the federal government buys lots of educational technology. They're looking particularly at equitable education across their footprint. Mm-hmm. So having technologies that scale rapidly to help children as they're learning at home at higher rates than ever before and meeting the needs of a hybrid classroom also um, has a special insulation from the volatility being a, a, a federal mandate, for example. Um, and, the, and then that you know the federal infrastructure and legislation that is supporting the underlying trend and market um, commercialization of many of these green technologies is still in place. Got it. It's a good point you bring up on education technology and certainly the potential in that sector. Um, Darren, um, to sort of wrap this up, um, you know, let's say the market does suffer some midterm induced turbulence. Um, what, what do you think would be the worst case scenario for investors in that, if that were to happen? Well, you know, the the combination of the three storms that I talked about, of course, the war um, and the economic implications, the midterm elections and the implications of that. Um, and then, you know, our world as we're getting ready for the COP. So increased volatility, which leads to increased bias in markets. So from our perspective, um, there's more overlooking and underestimating of women and people of color within the markets, which slows GDP um, and overall prosperity and growth in the world. And that's not a pretty picture. So part of the reason why we do what we do every day is to help investors see beyond these biases 
to the latent value that lies, uh, you know, oftentimes right uh, in front of their faces and the potential of women and people of color entrepreneurs to innovate and disrupt challenges facing this, either parts of companies in the stock market or parts of startup companies. Thank you, Darren. Thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird Podcast today, giving us your expertise and talking about the types of sectors that might hold up if there is indeed midterm-induced turbulence in the market. Um, Darren, before we wrap up the podcast, I just have one final question, and it's the most important question for today's discussion. That question for you, Darren, is what are the three apps that changed your life? Mm -hmm. So I would say uh, Ancestry.com, because that enabled me to connect with my family um, and my family roots that um, go all the way back to slavery in this country and help me understand who I am. I think uh, another one is 23andMe to uh, also do similar tracking of my history and understand um, people that I didn't even know that are part of that history, um, that uh, long lost cousins or, or others. And then finally, I think um, looking really carefully at apps uh, like uh, an app called Masterclass, where I could take tennis lessons from Serena Williams and really uh, improve my tennis game and see an inspiring person who's helped transform a field and stop the overlooking and underestimation of women and people of color within tennis. Um, So it helped redefine the aspirations of a generation. Fantastic. Great, great apps. I'm glad to hear they've had a wonderful impact on your life, Darren. Appreciate it. Thank you again to Darren Dodson for sharing your insights on the stock market. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.